Jesus is holy. It's the chief attribute of God. Holy, holy, holy. And Jesus is holy. I don't know about you, uh, but whenever people were confronted uh, with the holiness of God, they didn't react like a whole lot of us react. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today. As we do take a look at the holiness of God, at least that's going to be a part of what we're uh, looking at today. Uh, so, Pastor, when people saw the holiness of God, how did they react, and how do you think we react today? Well, we definitely don't react like they reacted. Remember what uh, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am unclean and a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Yeah. Old boy said, man, I ain't right, and none of you are right either when it comes to the holiness of God. Yeah. Uh, look at Peter. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Look sure. at John. I fell at his feet as though dead. We don't yeah. respond like that. Uh, to the holiness of God. And and man, it's like when we begin to think, okay, uh, there's an illustration I use. It wasn't original with me, but I love it. And I've used it over and over and over again. The person I got it from, I was at pastor's conference here at the famed Moody Bible Institute. I was matriculating in the undergraduate student at Moody and uh, Dr. E.V. Hill, uh, Edward yeah. Victor Hill was preaching. And he was preaching on the holiness. He said, let me illustrate. So he took a glass and he spit in it. And then he took a pen and broke the pen off and poured the ink in the glass. Mm. Then he took some dirt and put some dirt in the glass. And then he stirred it up and he said, anybody want a drink of water? And you could hear people <laughs> saying, ah, ah. He said, your reaction is how God reacts to our sin. Hmm. And I've yeah. never forgotten that. And I've done that in our congregation in my 38 years about four or five times and got the same reaction every time. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, now you have an inkling of what the holiness of God is like. He is repulsed by our sin, just like we're repulsed about somebody asking us to drink some water that's been spit in, had ink put in it, and dirt put in it. It's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're right. We don't understand how God views sin. We don't understand the holiness of God. And as we begin to grasp that, even partially grasp that, because I don't think we're ever going to completely get at the no, side of eternity. not this side. So as we begin to grasp that, it does change our relationship with God in a profound way. So yes. we're going to today open our Bibles to John 18. I hope you'll uh, grab a Bible and join us there as we continue a message called, Why Do People Reject Jesus? Here is Pastor Ford. There's a lot of things that we hear that people tell us come from the Bible that never even came from the Bible. Okay, if you agree with me, you heard it before, the Bible says, the Bible says, and it sounds good, but it's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, God help those who help themselves. Uh-huh. No, it don't. No, it don't. You take one step, he'll take two. It doesn't say that. Nowhere in it. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It don't say that. It's cleanliness was next to godliness, Boy, there'd be some of us, we'd be godly today. We got to brush our teeth. Well, I hope you did. 
Put on some cologne. Cleanliness is next to godly. How about this one? God takes care of babies and fools. That's not in the Bible. Now, that's one I wish was in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Adam and Eve bit off an apple. Where does it say that? And people say it all the time, don't they? There were three wise men. That ain't in the Bible. They went to a baby in a manger. No, they did not. The Bible tells us they came to the house where the toddler was. Yeah, and so we hear all of this. Uh, a whale swallowed Jonah. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. Doesn't say that. Yeah, and so what happens? You know, God wants us to always be healthy, wealthy, and wise. No, no, no. It's not in the world you shall have tribulation. Uh, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so what happens? They don't want Jesus because of what other folk have told them about Jesus. You get bad press about the church and people don't want to come. All they want is your money. All the preacher want is your money. Now, you don't say all the dope man want is my money. Now, you don't, you don't say all the liquor store want is my money. You don't, you don't say uh, all the guys selling loose squares want is my money. You don't say all jewel want is my money. No, let me tell you why. Because you believe whatever you're getting for your money is worth it. Now, now we used to do this around Christ's Bible. We need to go back to it. I think we're going to go back to it. Because remember when I used to do this? I'd say it's offering time, and I don't want anybody that doesn't know Jesus to put anything in the offering. Because this is for believers. Amen. Because people who love Jesus don't have to be told what to give. Amen. And I can tell you, I, I know some of the folks I'm talking to them. I don't, I don't peek into what people give and all that. But I, I know what we give, you know, and I know we give. Or we said we're going to give 50% before we go home to be with the Lord. We're almost there already. We're almost there, you know. So we generous, you know. We support our church with tithes and offerings and 18 other organizations. And it ain't just a dollar either. Here's the baby, you know. And there are individuals I know, they just give and give and give because when you love Jesus, you don't have to worry about that. See, that, and I used to tell people all the time, we did it for about four years, please don't give because he does not want your money, he wants your soul. Once he saves your soul, you'll fall in love with him. And I tell you what, let me tell you something. This is my sugar babe right here. That girl know how to shop. You know how to shop, boy. Ask me, do I care? As long as we have it. Oh, I better not say that because she's going to bring it back. She, I was getting ready to say she can spend anything she want, anytime she want, or anything she want. But, but I ain't going to say that because she'll use that against me a little later on. <laughs> but right, because who you love, you don't mind. And he saved my soul. And everything I have, he gave me. All they want is my money. Oh, the church is filled with just a bunch of hypocrites. Yes. From the pulpit to the pew. Lottie Dottie and everybody got something in their life that they don't want anybody else to know about, including me and her. You come and join us. One more hypocrite ain't going to hurt us. Because we all got issues. That's all. 
You know, we're not coming up in here trying to be better than anybody. No, no, we challenge each other. We hold each other accountable. But you're not going to get put down and you come tell me somebody put you down for something. Because we don't play that around here. You say, why ain't you going to put nobody down? Because whenever I need somebody to pick me up, I want them to pick me up. I want them to forgive me. I want them to dust me off and say, okay, pastor, you can make it now. That's what I want. And that's how I live. I don't be condemning people and all that. I go to them, hey, hey, yeah, I don't want to come to church because, you know, I did this and that. Man, let me tell you some stuff I did. Bro, listen. God will give you another chance, man. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, get yourself on back, and do the things you're supposed to do. The only perfect people are in that casket. Amen. And that's not a license to sin and all that. I'm not talking about all that. I say we keep each other accountable, but I'm talking about everybody got some issues. Go ahead, Brother Green. Start right here. Tell them yours. No, I'm just kidding. So then, so then, so then, it's like everybody going with everybody. Yeah, some people are. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and nothing but a big fashion show. Sometimes, yeah. Keep you with long, boring sermons. You're guilty. <laughs> but it's just a hospital for sick people. Just because you on the floor and not in the ICU or the emergency, don't trip. Don't hate, because all of us have some issues up in here. Here it is, number three, number three, number three. They're confused by public opinion, contempt for his person. Here's the third one. Challenged by the priorities of Jesus. Pilate is concerned about one thing. Listen to what he says. He said, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my king were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from here. So Jesus' priority was something different. The Jews wanted deliverance from Rome. So his priority was spiritual. What was Jesus? He was a whipping boy. Now, in the 15th century, what would happen is they would have an individual who, when the prince would do something wrong, they would whip his whipping boy. The prince would have to come before them, watch him being whipped. That's Jesus. He's our whipping boy. Because the Bible tells us, uh, Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of his peace was upon us, and by his stripes we are healed. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isaiah 53, 6, we all we like sheep have gone astray, and we've all gone our own way, and God has laid upon him the iniquity of us. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford in a message called, Why Do People Reject Jesus? And as Pastor Ford has been talking about some of those reasons and has been knocking down some of those arguments, maybe you've come to the point where you realize you'd like to know Jesus. You're ready to begin a relationship with Him. You're ready to invite Him in to be your Savior and Lord, as Pastor Ford often talks about. Well, there's a toll-free number I'd love for you to call. Someone would love to talk with you, to pray with you, answer questions you may have about coming to know Jesus. The number is 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. Again, here is Pastor Ford. Here it is. We don't have the priorities of Jesus. He said, that's not my priority, your kingdom. But my kingdom is not of this world. 
And here it is. Let me speak to the believers just for a minute. You know, we want the word, but sometimes we want the world too. And we can't have them both. We shouldn't have them both. A lot of people, we are stopping them uh, from seeing who Christ is by our raggedy lifestyles. And we do, and we do. Now, I just said, you know, we're not going to beat anybody down, but it's not both and, it's either or. See, you can't be calling on God and calling 900 numbers at the same time. Yeah, you can't be doing that. So you can't be having intercessory prayer and internet pornography at the same time, you know? You can't be living for Jesus and living together. Oh, help me somebody. Yeah, not at the same time. You can't fellowship with God and fornicate with your boo. All right, you know, hey, hey what can I say? You can't have the adoration of Jesus and adultery with your side piece. Amen. Yeah, yeah, you can't get high on the Holy Spirit and then get high on the Hennessy Spirit, too, you know. You can't have the sign of the cross and the zodiac thrown into one. See, see, too many people want to sail the old ship of Zion and sail the boat at Hammond uh, at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. And uh, many of us need to be challenged by the priorities of Jesus. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's how I'm living. How are you living? What do you mean how you living? I put him first in everything. I put him first in my marriage. I put him first with my, with my minutes, my moments, my money, my material, everything. With my children, I put him first. And boy, does he add things on to us. Here's number four. Here's number four. And so he says, he is confused uh, by public opinion. Uh, he's challenged by the poor of Jesus. Number four, he's confronted with the proclamation of Jesus. So Jesus, in this proclamation in verse 36, uh, Jesus says, Thou sayest, I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came unto the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. I'm going to bottom line this. Listen, they didn't believe his message. And people don't believe, what's the message? Here it is. Listen, this is not profound. The word of God is so shallow that a baby Christian can wade in it without fear drowning, yet so deep that the greatest theologian can swim in it and never touch the bottom. It's simple. Here it is. What's the gospel? 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. That's what it's, but sometimes people can't handle the truth. I go to a place where there's another religion that helps me with my food. And uh, man, I've lost uh, a little over 40 pounds just by eating there. And uh, every time I go in and they say, hey, Rev, how you doing? I said, I don't have a problem that Jesus can't solve. You know, and, and, and I want them to start the conversation. Because, you know, I'm, I'm like the Energizer Bunny. Once you get me started, I keep going and going. And Oh, you already know that by the sermons, don't you? And sometimes we get into it. When it gets heated, I shut down. I stop. I'm not there to argue. The Word of God is like a lion. You just let it loose. It will devour everything in your path. That's it. You know, it's like some people can't handle the truth. Remember that movie? You can't handle the truth. And the truth about Jesus, because I, I heard about a lady who couldn't handle the truth. She was on a train, and she had her baby. And uh, a man sat down. He said, ooh, that's the ugliest baby I ever saw in my life. 
She got livid. She said, how dare you? Conductor, conductor, conductor came. She said, I'm never riding on this train again. This man insulted me. I can't. Oh, he said, ma'am, ma'am, we don't want to lose you as a customer. He said, I'm going to take you and put you in first class, okay? And then I'm going to give you two free tickets that you can ride anytime you want. And they'll be first class too. I'll tell you what else I'll do. I'm going to run to the kitchen and see if I can find a banana for your monkey. Some people can't handle the truth. Here it is, last one, last one, last one. Notice what he, what's going on. He's convicted by the purity of Christ. What do you mean? Listen to what he says, uh, 38b. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Here he is, he's convicted by the, Jesus is holy. It's the chief attribute of God. Holy, holy, holy. And Jesus is holy. I don't know about you, uh, but whenever people were confronted uh, with the holiness of God, they didn't react like a whole lot of us react. Uh, when, when Isaiah saw him, he said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. And everybody around me is a people of unclean lips. When you look at God and see how pure he is, then you can only say, I am a sinner. Nine times in scripture, somebody says, I have sinned. I have sinned. I, and that's what God wants us to say. All have sinned. Not y'all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God from the pulpit to the pew. And when Peter saw him, he says, depart from me. I'm an evil man, O Lord. When John saw him, he fell down at his feet as though dead. When people were confronted with Jesus purity. See, you can't get people saved until you first get them lost. And people don't want to admit that they're lost. You know, even some Christians don't want to admit when they done done something wrong. That's called pride. Stinking pride. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens, man? This is a true story. This happened. There was a guy, uh, he went into KFC to get some for him and the woman that was in the car. And it happened in a little small town. And uh, true story, you can Google it, it still come up. And uh, he put his food in the bag, he went in the car, drove off, she opened up the bag, she said, wow, the whole day's receipts were in that bag. They gave him the wrong bag. So he turns around and goes back and gives them the money. And they were like, an honest man, I don't believe it. Well, at the same time, the local newspaper editor was in the KFC. He said, man, I got to take your picture and put it on the front page of our little community newspaper. This is so unusual. He said, no, I can't take no pictures. <laughs> he said, uh, no, no, I just want to take your picture, you and your wife. and my. He said, well, I ain't taking no picture. <laughs> he said, well, sir, I mean, all we're going to do is a little newspaper. He said, we ain't taking no picture. <laughs> so you got your money back because that's not my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let me tell you this, and then I'm done. Pilate was so convicted by the purity of Jesus. Let me read you this. Let me see if somebody got this. I know somebody got this. There's Bible scholars up in Christ's Bible church. I know they got this. Listen to what it says. It says, and Pilate wrote this 1919, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Okay, who got it? Let me see. I'm not going to ask you, 
Who, who got it? Okay, one back here got it. One back here got it. What did they get? When you were crucified, your crime was placed above you on the placard above your head. Pilate was so convinced that Jesus was who he said he was that he put as his crime, this is Jesus, king of the Jews. And he made the mistake the centurion soldier made. He just didn't put king of kings. Wow. I tell you what, who do you say he is? <laughs> who do you say he is? Because when you look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I like what someone said, that Jesus Christ came from the bosom of the Father to the bosom of a woman. He put on humanity that we might put on divinity. He became the son of man that we may become the sons and daughters of God. He was born contrary to the laws of nature. He lived in poverty, was reared in obscurity, and only once crossed the boundary in the land in which he was born, and that in his childhood. He had no wealth or influence and neither training nor education, yet in infancy he startled a king. In boyhood he puzzled the learned doctors. In manhood he ruled the course of nature. He walked on the billows and he hushed the sea to sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his services. He never wrote a book, yet all the libraries in the world can't contain everything that's been written about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He never wrote a song, yet there has not been a theme that has furnish a theme for more songs than Jesus Christ. He never practiced medicine, yet he healed and he still heals people uh, by the touch of the hem of his garment. This is Jesus Christ. He's the star of astronomy, the rock of geology, the lion and lamb of zoology. He's the harmonizer of all discords. That's who I wanted to present to you today. The one that Herod could not kill and Satan could not seduce and death could not destroy and the grave could not hold. He got up with all power in his hands that he is alive. And I tell you today that he wants to come to you who is dead in trespasses and sin just like I was and save you. A powerful way to wrap up today's program together. Pastor Ford's been preaching a message called Why Do People Reject Jesus? And if you want to listen to this broadcast again, come to our website. It's at treasuredtruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, I know that probably almost on a daily basis, we have people who are finding this radio program. They are beginning to listen. They appreciate the Bible teaching. They may not really understand how this program is produced and how we're able to get it on the air each and every day. Right, because it is a listener-supported program. They may not know that. I received a letter from someone who was just uh trolling through their radio yeah. and hit Moody Radio, and my voice attracted them. And they said they listened. This has been a couple of years ago, and they've been listening for a few years. Well, they had sent in a donation. They let me know. I sent yeah. in a donation to the program, something I've never done before. And I thought, wow, that's really amazing. Yeah. And even when I was working with Cher, had a couple people call in and say, I've never given before, uh, but I'm being ministered to, and I'm so grateful now to be a part of the Moody ministry. 
Well, if you're a new listener, maybe you've just been listening for uh, a couple of years now, and it's just never dawned on you that this is a listener-supported ministry. That is how this program is able to stay on the air each and every day. Production costs, airtime, all the things that happen behind the scenes, it's all made possible because of your generosity. You can give a gift right now by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button. Well, thanks for listening. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.